All right, Duncan Scott, how are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Yourself? I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Now, listen, what's going on? Where are you? Just at home in, um, in Sterling, I would say. As I was, to be fair, two days in a row, it's been, uh, it's been nice and sunny, cold, but yeah, it's been, it's been all right. Two, two days in a row. Okay, that's good. That's always a bonus, isn't it? <laughs> Three, I think, is a record, so yeah, that's really good. What do you do for, I was, we were talking just a second ago, what do you do for lack of sunlight uh, for your, for your own physical health? Yeah, no, it's actually probably, it's something that we, we get our bloods done every like few months or something, I think maybe three or three months, I think quarterly through the year. And <clears throat> I'd, I'd say most of the, the people in, on the Scottish team are probably vitamin D deficient, but um, the, we, we're either you take something or we sometimes try and get away a lot. You know, we've been to Perth twice, mm. loved that in Australia. And then, mm. you know, I've been to Flagstaff quite a lot of times, which which I love. I think it's quite a good camp out there. The British women uh, do that and it's always a good group. And I really enjoy that. I think I was meant to go ahead, but then because of COVID, it, it just got canceled this year, which was a bit unfortunate. Yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Um, do the, the uh, British squad or, or the Scottish squad, do they recommend kind of a vitamin regime for you or is that kind of something you do on your own Nah, it's it's not not i wouldn't i wouldn't say there's anything outside of that, that um i think if because of because of when we take our bloods i guess if if there's something that's alarming but right. um right. you know I, I don't know anyone that's on outside of vitamin d and um, because mm -hmm. i think in living in scotland it's it's um that can be a particular issue but outside of that i, I don't know anyone that's on that's got anything else wrong with them. <laughs> What's uh, going on in the background there? Are you a bit of a Christmas card collector? Is that what that is? No, I need to take that down. Actually, that's, um, that's actually quite nice. So that's actually all from my um, my neighbours and stuff from Olympics. Um, so oh. It's like loads of like, congratulations. So I've not spoken to some of them and like they just sent loads of congratulations cards and stuff like that, which is really nice. And, um, oh, that's cool. So that you know, was actually really cool. Um, you know, I didn't expect any of that when I came back because I sort of switched everything off. So I didn't really know impact of what it was like back here but um yeah so it was all from my um mm. neighbors and people that, that live around me which is quite nice oh that's super cool mate very you know very proud people obviously is there was there any other olympians in in any other sport in in your town where you grew up uh no i no i wouldn't say so. there's there's some there's summers that aren't, aren't too far away um you know right. from, from other towns pretty close but um, not from sports that I can think of. I mean, Andy Murray, the tennis player, is just down the road, and mm. he's pretty close. But um, outside of that, I wouldn't say so. No. What's it like where you grew up? Talk, talk to me about the town itself. Um, I've never been to Scotland. Um, I'd love to come and visit. Um, tell me about the area that you grew up. Yeah, get you on some whiskey tours. Um, <sighs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the uh so i <clears throat> so i was born in glasgow and i grew up about uh 10 minutes away from sterling in mm. a place called alwa um probably yeah, about 10 minutes and um and then i think maybe i was about 12 years old i went to boarding school it's probably about hour and a half um north of that and um, called strathallan school um and then yeah so i mean my, my parents live in sterling as well so you know, I moved to Sterling when I was, what year was that? I've been uh, 2015. So September 2015, that's when I started university at Sterling. Um, and since then, I've I've lived in, and stayed in Sterling. So, you know, I've been quite lucky with how everything's panned out. It's been, it's been quite nice. 
Yeah, beautiful. You've been there a while and been with the same coach for a while. I had your coach, Stephen Tig on um, a few weeks ago. Were you able to catch any of what he said about you? <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I listened to that. Um, it is a weird one listening to someone speak about you. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. You know, it's obviously a strange way. You know, as you say, we've been together for a while. You know, he's coached me since I was maybe seven or eight. I think I went in for a trial at Alwa when he was a coach. And but um, yeah, no, we get we get on really well, and I think it's been a it's been a good balance of, of keeping the relationship professional, um, but also being good friends at the same time. So it's it's been a, it's been a good balance. Yeah, I asked him that question. How how has it evolved as a, from coach athlete relationship? From your perspective, you know how how's your relationship with your coach evolved from athlete to coach? You know perspective. Probably just in terms of input. Um, not not to say that I have um, that I I know how to write programs or whatever because that's certainly not the case. But I think just in terms of you know my input of or more feedback of how I thought a taper went or, you know, particular sessions that I like or what I think, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm, I might want to do more of or, you know, things like that. Whereas, you know, a 14 year old, I'm not going to go up to him and be like, you know, I think we should maybe add in some more fly sets this week. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's more just cooperation on that, but um, yeah, it has evolved, um, you know, especially over learning at different, at different international meets um you know what i've liked doing throughout the year what i haven't and then um you know making a good balance of you know it's good to do some of the stuff you don't like but then also trying to transition and, and move things on and um, look at the stuff we're trying to develop and then how we can put that into the the week um so yeah i would say it's just a bit a bit more um just a bit more talking about everything right right i love it mate um what about in terms of um you know, when, when things are going well, it's it's easy. What about when things are tough for you two? How do you guys tackle the tough moments? Fortunately, I'd say there's only been a handful. Um, and I would like to think that over recent years, there hasn't really been any, um, probably down to my maturity more than anything. Um, but maybe when I was a little bit younger, probably chucking the toys out of the pram at a bad set or, or things like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I can't honestly think of, of too many um and and when it has happened it's probably just been something kind of rash that you know i've i've got upset over over probably not performing in a set or session as, as well as i'd like to and then i've then i've said something or or done something and then you know he's reacted and then that's it it's, it's fine the next day but no I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say there's there's ever been any issues to be honest it's it's actually been it's been really good i think it's just down to the transparency probably of of, of steve nice listen mate i um some 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 podcasts i kind of take a lot of notes for and others i don't this one was one that i haven't taken any notes for i wanted this just to be a conversation so one of the things that i figured about five minutes ago that i, I a direction i wanted to go with you was um i just want to ask you some basic questions in terms of you know common um challenges let's say that any swimmers face right so i want i want your perspective on certain issues certain things so when you're in bed in the morning it's freezing cold outside and you don't want to get out of bed what's that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning um so i so i hate mornings to be honest i'm not a great morning guy at all um i actually have my cereal in bed so i <laughs> 
get out of bed. I have chocolate. Um, I have, I have Wheatos in the morning because um, that helps me get out of bed. So I'm like, oh, I look forward to having that cereal. Um, and then I go back and, and eat it in bed. But I think it's more just like you're you're holding yourself accountable. You know, I try and leave at the same time every day, um, you know, to, to get on poolside, you know, around 30 minutes before or 25 minutes before to, to give myself enough time to do the pre-pool and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, we, we all, we're all, we've all been there. You know, swimming's, it's, you know, especially I'd say around these months when it is, it's like that outside, which way are we? That outside, you know, when you're waking up, it's quite difficult, you know, when it's dark and stuff. Mm. But um, in some way, you know, that's, you, you know, it, it is really challenging, but that's almost like that's the consistency part of it. You know, you have to keep showing up to to be able to get to a certain level. And, you know, once I'm there, I'm, I'm totally fine. And I'd imagine that's with everyone. It's just getting out of bed, which is the, which is the first issue. Um, so yeah, I, I, it is it is a difficult one, but you know, one that I've found by having a chocolate cereal in the morning definitely lifts the mood and uh, helps me get out of bed. There you go. There's the secret to, to Duncan Scott's success: little chocolate cereal in the morning. You you touched on the next question I had for you. Actually, what what do you do pre-pull when you get there 20, 30 minutes early? What are some of the things you're doing to prepare yourself to get in the pool? Yeah, something that I've I've got better at. Um, I wouldn't say it's anywhere near, you know, the some of the best athletes in the world, but it's something that I'm trying to improve on. Um, I definitely say I wasn't great at it that used like a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it starts off with like just general mobility. Um, for for me, that's through the hips and through uh, thoracic, you know, my back because those two areas get pretty tight. Um, mm -hmm. And then um a lot of shoulder mobility as well and then just off the back of that a little bit of activation like around my shoulders is, is the main thing um but i think it's just keeping on top of that you know it's it's more like potentially you know injury prevention or you know it's it's doing the stuff that you know you don't know if it makes a, an exact difference but you know it, it all adds up to you know making sure you, you feel better but helping the recovery uh, and aid yourself for the session but yeah, it can it can it can vary like month by month as well. You know, I meet I'm quite close with the um, gym coach and my um, physio, so you know if they prescribe certain things. So at the minute, it's it's very much focused around um, you know my hips and um, you know my back range. Um, so that's the sort of movements that we're trying to do um, pre pull at the minute. Right. So it's basically just warming the body up to get it prepared to go and punish it in the pool <laughs> even more. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about once you're out? What are the things that you do regularly for recovery? Talk, talk to me about your recovery regime. Um, I try and it's another thing that I'd say I've been gradually getting better. It's always trying to bring a snack to the pool, you know, whether that's a banana mm -hmm. or a shake or, mm -hmm. you know, something along those lines to, you know, just start the recovery process straight off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, a long warm shower just chatting about either how hard the session was or what people are going to have for dinner <laughs> and then um yeah i think just from there you know fortunately well you know i live pretty close to training so from there it can be you know i can be from from finishing the session you know it can be within an hour i'm sort of you know i'm having dinner which is which is quite nice um i've started to really enjoy using the normatex which is like the you know like mm -hmm. the squeeze the legs um mm -hmm. so i use them on on days i've got gym but you know outside of that I'd, I'd say it's it's very much around 
you know, some of the training sessions help recovery, you know, their long, easy swims or, you know, stretching after gym or, or during, you know, different sets and stuff like that, I think can, can help. But, you know, actually after training, I think it's more just about, it's that's probably more the mental side of it, just um, decompressing and, and chilling out. Yeah, for sure. I think that's huge in terms of recovery for sure as well. Just turning the brain off and letting it go and then, um, you know, being able to just relax so that you can, rest enough to be ready for the next workout which is coming just around the corner um you, you mentioned stretching how, how do you feel about stretching for swimmers um it's probably it's definitely changed as i've as i've grown up i think when i first came into sterling um you know i wouldn't be the only one to say this you know i think steve would happily admit this as well i think it's just the of, of where the squad was at that time you know it's stretching and stuff wasn't really part of the culture um and but I, I i think it is important and british swimming are really good at um providing different op opportunities at you know learning about what it can do i think for for me to to fully back it and want to do it you know i need to understand the benefits of it uh, and it's more to for me the reason why i do it is, is around longevity um you know as i say injury prevention um but then also getting the body ready to before i get in um so yeah, I, I would say it's it's definitely something that I've I've learned to to get used to because you know when I was at school, for example, you know it, I'd turn up ten five minutes before the session and and get going, um, you know, so turn up to Sterling, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of a shock, but even then it was it was still not necessarily part of the the culture of the team. But then I would say that that's that's changed um, as of the last couple of years. It was it's definitely part of you know um, some people around poolside. Kathleen Dawson, actually, unbelievable pre-pull um, mm. uh, on her. Very diligent with that. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Mate, this is not a criticism. This is just uh, kind of like an observation, but um, you've been to a couple of Olympics. You uh, could be the best swimmer in the world. I mean, I said this to Stephen on the, on the podcast with him. I'm like, you and Caleb Dressel, I mean, the events that you swim, the results that you get, I don't know who's better, but you're probably the best swimmer in the world. It sounds like you're just figuring out how to be a professional swimmer, mate, like with, with kind of this experience and over time. So for me to be hearing some of the things that you're saying and then the results that you're getting, it's almost like it's kind of scary how good you could be really, isn't it? Um, I would I would also say that, you know, I'm being probably quite critical of myself. You know, I'd say I'm naturally quite critical and I hold myself to quite high standards. So regardless of like anything that I do, I'm always like, oh, I could probably do that better. Okay. Um, so I've probably been doing some of the stuff that I've been saying for well for quite a while. But, you know, mm -hmm. I guess there's always opportunity to do things better. But um, no, I mean, I, so, so to be put up against the name of, of Caleb is, 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 is obviously nice to hear. But um no, I, I would never, I would never put myself in, in any of those categories, to be honest. Man, it's not a category, it's reality. Who's better than you? I mean, who's a better swimmer than you overall? <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got the speed, you've got the, 
the mid range, you've got the endurance, you've got the capability to swim all four events at the highest possible level. And, and Caleb has these abilities as well. So when I think about the best swimmer in the world, I think of you two, who else is there? I mean, no, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I guess I just, um, I need to try and equate that into some more medals then, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, you're uh, getting medals, mate. you're getting, you're getting medals, <laughs> uh, for sure. They're, they're happening and they're there and there's plenty more in the future. There's no doubt about that. So, um, uh, well, tell me this before we move on from some other, this stuff, uh, the training stuff, what about the mental side of things for you? How do you build up your mental strength, um, that, helps you have the confidence you need once you get to kind of an olympics yeah i i think it was uh it was because of covid with being away from competition for so long and um you know i had such a long run at you know visualizing it but then also just constantly not constantly thinking about it but you know it's you know every so often be able to to think about you know what it's going to feel like and you know take myself to in my mind there and stuff like that. I think I had, had a, a nice long preparation of doing that, um, which I quite liked. Um, but I think for, for me, we did particular time trials and, you know, racing in, in Britain and Manchester and stuff like that, getting to, to race Dino and Jimmy and Matt and, you know, plenty others as well was, was really good preparation. And I think mentally as well, you know, you're, you're getting to go up against some of the best tuna freestyles in the world. So you've mentally, you know, even though you're not physically in the best shape, you've got to try and mentally Put yourself there um and for me it's 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 like i try and build up to the to the competition as well so once i'm there it's it's about gradually building um to the day of racing um and then sort of growing um once growing in the arena once you're there um i think are, are all quite important things right what about the the field of sports psychology do you use um anyone to kind of help you um with that type of um knowledge and structure uh, i mean um you know we, we have someone at british swimming tom bates who, who does work closely with uh, quite a few of the athletes um, and i found him quite useful over you know especially in the run into the olympics just going over and rehearsing diff different things and you know different thought processes but um i'd say prior to to this year pro or last year no not really but um I'd say that's also, you know, any any issues, I'm, I'm quite happily speak to Steve, you know, if I'm feeling a certain way or thinking about something too much or too little, then, you know, he'll be he'll be one of the first people to know about it. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, Tom Bates has, has been really useful as well. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, well, give yourself a chance to pat yourself on the back here then, Duncan. Um, what does Duncan Scott do really well? I mean, g give yourself some credit. Come on, like, uh, we're be honest with yourself be honest pretend no one's listening and if you're just talking to yourself what do you do really well um what do i do really well um probably um att attention to detail um is probably one thing you know if mm -hmm. i'd like to to think you know whatever i'm doing within the pool you know i'm uh, most lengths or almost every length I, I count my number of strokes kick count off the wall and, and be very conscious about what I'm doing and, and being very particular about every stroke and, and being quite careful about, you know, what it, what it's going to do. But I think with that, you know, I think especially with the tuner I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious about, you know, how to get better and the, 
continual improvement of you know looking at every fine little bit and, and wanting to improve it you know from the kick to the different streamlines the you know turns executing different things like that um and then probably last i guess just like uh probably dis- distance for a stroke on freestyle i'd say that's something that i've mm-hmm. you know when i was younger it was it was always challenging to get my rate up but you know with that i had really good distance for strokes so it was just about trying to manage that you know technically still be able to improve but then also just be able to get my rate up um mm-hmm. you know as i've been able to get a little older through strength but yeah i'd say you know um distance per stroke at, at certain rates yeah that's interesting because i've had a lot of breaststrokers on here and i've been trying to figure out the stroke of breaststroke i feel like i've got a pretty good grasp of freestyle but um breaststroke i'm like okay i'm, I'm hearing I'm close as well. 10 different people 10 different answers but um you do do you do swim freestyle beautifully it's gorgeous and so talk to me about your freestyle talk to us about your freestyle to tell me what are the things that you focus on what are the things that you're trying to do well and maybe ha- what are those little improvements you're trying to make but just Break down your freestyle technically, kind of let us into your head a little bit. Yeah, so I, and it's it's been something that you know, you know, with a small break at um, around Christmas time, it's you know they're the very things that I think about when I first get back into the water and sort of overanalyze it almost a bit too much. But um, you know, and, but when I'm feeling good, you know, I, I don't think about it at all. Um, but yeah, it'd probably just be around um, before my hands entered around high elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's one thing when I get tired it starts dropping so making sure that the elbow's high but then once it's in I, I keep quite a straight arm the whole time and there's, there's a slight bend in my elbow but I wouldn't say I'm anything like because you know you get some guys that are very much like that I'm, I'm still I'm still very much you know around there but mm-hmm. um, yeah probably just going slow to fast that's probably one of the biggest things that I focus on um, you know from you know the second that the hands entered you know stretching out straight in front that's that's the first step and then actually when i flick my hand round so once i've um it's actually it's not so particularly thought about but yeah once i've then stretched out further Mm -hmm. you know then it's about engaging my hand you know pushing it down and then it's about going slow to fast um and being quite deep the whole time for me um you know i actually you know for the first time that i saw like thorpe swim i was like that, that can be more different to the way i swim the under the water when i was watching him when i was like 17 like looking at youtube videos and what i was like oh that's but i think that's why it's quite like freestyle is quite cool just the te- different technical aspects that you mm-hmm. can have but yeah. um yeah I, i'm quite straight the whole way uh, and then just slow to fast as i say is is definitely the main thing what about your hips? Are you thinking about a hip engagement with your stroke at the same time? Uh, I don't unless I'm doing so. If I'm just doing head down freestyle, then I do. So when I do head down freestyle, um, I'll think about um, flat hips and trying not to rotate too much. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I think when I breathe every two, it, I, it's not something I particularly think about. I think that just comes naturally with the stroke. But uh, when I go head down, yeah, you know, I very much think about trying to lock the hips out. Um, and try not waste any energy um, going side to side. Right. So th- there's definitely different technical things that you're thinking of when you're either going all out speed or you're trying to lengthen your stroke out a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where do you feel most comfortable uh, at that 200 speed? The 100 speed, obviously not the 50 yet, but um, between the 100 and the 200, you feel more comfortable at that 200 speed? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it suits my stroke a bit more. Um, you know, as I say at, at the moment, but um, you know, I think it just it just suits it. You know, with the length and um, at that sort of rate as well, and that sort of intensity, I just think it all it all sort of it just works a little bit better. Whereas at freestyle, at hundred freestyle, sorry, I think I just need to, when I up that rate, um, I get a little bit slippy. Um, but you know, at the at the rate that I'm for the two hundred, it, it maintains pretty well, and I catch quite nicely. Well, mate, if you watch my podcast with Stephen, you'll know that I did start officially start a, a campaign for you to become the world's fastest hundred freestyler. <laughs> How do you feel about that? How's the campaign going for you? <laughs> I didn't ask you, so that's probably the, the most important person. I asked the rest of the world, but how do you feel about it? <clears throat> Surprise! You're. Um... You wanted me to do 100 free. Well, listen, mate, well, look, look, <laughs> listen, think about it logically, right? You finished fifth in Rio. Okay. That was, that was uh, six years ago now. So um, we've got Paris coming up, which is two years away. You're now, um, like I said, if you're not the best swimmer in the world, you're the second best swimmer in the world. As far as I'm concerned, you've got speed, you've got endurance. Um, you've had success in this event, but not the ultimate success. And it is the number one race in swimming that stops the world. If, if you want to be remembered for forever, if you want to go down in history, like Achilles, you know, you, you got to put yourself in this event. Now I'm not saying, look, the, the, the 200 I am is going to win you a medal and people are going to love it. But if you want to go down as one of the greats, you win that hundred freestyle, mate. And and like I said, you've got everything there. So why aren't you thinking that way? Phelps has gone down in history, all right. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, damn I, it, you're ruining <laughs> my. So I'm trying to start a campaign, okay? I'm trying yeah. to get in your head here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's just been like um, it was probably more of a surprise the that year, um, in 2016. Not to say that, you know, I was surprised by the time, but just the way that I swam it was was very, it was like 10 higher rate than I would usually swim it at. But um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, at Olympics, if I did choose to swim it, I reckon I was in probably in PB shape, you know, like the rest of my events. But, um, you know, it was the same day as the 4 by 2 which I think, you know, is rightfully chose to, to prioritise that. And, you know, thankful for Matt for, um, you know, it was a difficult decision for him to pull out the 100 um, for that day as well but you know I think looking forward it's it, I feel like it's uh, it's a difficult balance you know with the, the 200s and the 100 I think it's potentially something to look at you know further down the line and um, mm. you know I did really like the 100 free and I do love it you know I love watching it you know in in Tokyo maybe looking at some of the times that were getting popped out you know I was maybe fortunate that I didn't do it you know it was fast Um not to say that it's I don't think that you know further down the line I think I could maybe go something like that but you know, it's 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 a lot, definitely a lot quicker and a lot more stacked than you know, the the last time that I did it internationally. Um, and I think that that's a, a credit to you know some of the guys at the top that have really made it quite tight. You know, so many forty-seven lows now, which I think makes it even more exciting. You know, mm -hmm. it's already a, a highly anticipated event, but it's yeah. even more exciting now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll I'll back off a little bit, okay? <laughs> I just want to see you put on like twenty pounds, just get jacked up like Ben Proud, you know, and come out and just uh, and and be a contender, you know, break up that little duo between um, Caleb and uh, you know Kyle a little bit. 
I'll text Steve just now. What do you think of an extra twenty pounds of <laughs> <laughs> just muscle? I mean, if you just went into hiding for like uh, six months and then came out at uh, Europeans and you were just jacked up, that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Destro swim towers gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save one hundred and fifty dollars per double swim tower by using code Brett. B-R-E-T-T at checkout. Destromachines.com. Oh, that's me. All right. So, well, listen, um, what about the 200 free? Let's go to that for a second. I, I've been also campaigning for how do we get this world record or get close to it. Um, what are you thinking about this world record? Is it untouchable? Is it something that you could progress to move towards? Uh, is it realistic? Uh, how, how, how good is this world record? Yeah, I think just looking at, you know, the times that have been put in place since the world record, I think it shows how um, how insane it really is, 142 flat. Um, you know, the 143 from Phelps, I think, in 07. And then Agnell as well, I think, are both, you know, standouts for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I think what was what was quite good was, you know, in, in, in Tokyo, the... It definitely moved on a lot since 2019. You know, there's so many, there's way more 144s now, which is which is great to see. And you know, there's there's going to be. It's not just me. There's there's going to be loads of guys looking at how to how to get past the 144 flat marker and get into the 143s, which I think is is great. Um, and it's just what what the tuner free needed. Um, you know, plenty of people trying to trying to all get get after it. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd say 142 flat as as of right now is you know I think it's I think it's look at one target at a time and, and go from there. What about these young guys coming up, mate? Uh, Popovich and uh, Sun Wu. You know the, these young guys are uh, coming at you as well. Uh, a lot of talent in this field too, huh? Hey? Yeah, absolutely. And you know I think even like you know Kieran Smith and, and uh, from America, and then mm -hmm. you know those two boys as well. You know I, I can't say I know. I can't say I know those two young ones too well. Um, obviously, I've seen them race a couple of times, race them a couple of times as well. But you know, I, I don't know them too well. I think technically they're both really good. Mm -hmm. um, um, so I think that that's a that's a great start. And then from there, it's just about what it's just about what they've done already to then prepare them for for what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Because your body can change so much at that age. But um, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's great to to have those guys in there. Um, dropping times like they are at, at such a young age, and you know the <clears throat> the um, the mentality that they've both got as well looks looks like it's great. You know, both delivering it in uh, world class finals. So um, yeah, no, I think I think it's really good for the tuner free as well. It makes it, it makes it exciting. You know, with people coming through, but then also you know uh, people at the top end. So um, yeah, no, it, it is good for the event. Absolutely. Are you comfortable? privately thinking about yourself as the best swimmer in the world or does it make you uncomfortable even privately to think that way i yeah it's not one it's not something i'd ever think about because i don't think it's like a that's not something it's not something one that's very attainable like there's no and two it's not like um phelps I'd, I'd, i'm gonna throw phelps back in your face that's fair <laughs> there you go see Great have That's done reverse that psychology. Right there. <laughs> um, I, I know. I mean, more like um, 
like there's there's no award for it you know it's not like yeah i'd much rather have one gold than you know every year on year being called this so um um but you know it's, it's not something i ever think about i'll i'd much rather you know i look at so many other swimmers um on the international scene i mean even like emma for example you know she's like this unbelievable like I think I feel like her seven medals have just sort of been swept under the carpet and no one speaks about them. But, um, you know, I, th I think there's so many swimmers in the world that, you know, even being at ISL and others, you know, I, I deliberately try and stop what I'm doing to, to make sure that I get to see them, to see them race. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's not something that I ever try and think about because, you know, every day for me is, is looking at myself and trying to better what I'm doing. All right, I, I can I can live with that, but I I I also see it differently than you a little bit. You know, I I have spent some time around Phelps and kind of I don't know him that well. I just know him from the outside looking in and and, and what I see and what I've seen, and um and what I saw from him up close and personal was a man that was um was it was he had a killer a killer attitude, man. He had a killer, and I, and I think of kind of like the the way that you think of Tiger Woods when he was competing at his best. I think of the way you think of Michael Jordan when he was at his best. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that you are an exceptional athlete. You're an exceptional talent. And I think you would be, and this is my personal opinion, I think you'd be winning more gold medals on a regular basis if you kind of adopted uh, an attitude like a Phelps, like a Tiger Woods. Now, I mean that that may go against your personality too, because you're you're a super nice guy and you're you're respectful and all, and all those things. But um, I just think you're a phenomenal talent, mate. I the, I really like an, like an exceptional talent. I mean, there's good swimmers, and then there's the Olympic swimmers, and then there's like these exceptional talents that come along. And I put you in the exceptional talent category. I think you're freakish good. I mean, the things that you can do are just ridiculous, and I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit for those things i think you're almost it's like you're not ashamed of that of being that good but it, it makes you physically a little bit uncomfortable to think of yourself as that good am i right or wrong uh well firstly i would say that you know to to adopt that mindset you know i'd like to think the people that then you're so you're you're saying you know that the select few people that have that mindset tiger was arguably greatest ever golfer phelps best ever swimmer and then michael jordan best ever basketball. yeah but that's how so i, I mean, think about you i think you're there man i think that so yeah no I, no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like it's, there's a very few people that have ever been able to tap into that mentality right, um, right. and i'd say that you know definitely over the last few years it's it's been a it's been a maturity thing of me learning how to to properly develop you know in, in training have that sort of attitude and then mm. also a competition you know i think having I, I really like the way that PE um, goes about his business at competitions, right, um, right. you know, and, and for me, it's, you know, being able to be on a team with that, you know, all the way since 2014, 2015, you know, it's, it's been, you know, just the way he goes about his business and the way, he, you know, I, I think it's just it, it, the way he dominates his races and stuff like that. It's, it's, I think the whole of British swimming of, of, it's come off really positively because of the way that he um, goes about his business. Um, That's a really interesting other, point. So tell, yeah. tell me then, what, what are some of the little subtle things you pick up about PD that make his mindset so dominating? 
Um, yeah, it's it's, diff- it's difficult. It's just it's it's really small things, like very strange things. But um, you know, he's it, it's pretty. It's a bit. I don't really know how to word it to be honest. Um, he's he's he's. I mean, he's an absolutely sound guy. I love the guy. He's um. I think you know at, at particular periods, you know, he's he's been. You know, I think in in training, I don't know what what people think. You know, he's he's that that perfect amount of being obsessed um you know of, of particular barriers and you know i think you know I, I would be the first and you know many people would agree you know you're just like how is anyone going to go 56 point for 100 breaths but you know in his mind you know 55 or 54 is possible um you know and i think it's just this it's almost that relentlessness of every year you know it's world record's gonna go um and i think you know it is it's, it's almost in britain we've almost just become that's now ordinary, you know, every year when we watch him and it's like, this, this is still crazy. Like what he's doing. Why did, why, like, well, why is this just now normal now? But, um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty, it's, yeah, it's almost a bit surreal at, at times. And, you know, I think 56, eight for me was probably his, it, my favorite swim that he did. It just when he looked at his best and then he just was unreal, but yeah, it's just more of the habits that he's got. Um, and then the way he conducts himself in and around the call room, and that round the the land prep area as well yeah i agree with that i mean i agree with everything you said about him there for sure so if i was to then apply that to you if i was going to adopt an adam Petey mentality towards you when i asked you about the world record instead of you saying 143 might be possible i think you should change your mentality to i'm aiming for 141 and then 142 is definitely going to happen because I'm I'm going for 141. So like in Petey's mind, everyone else is shooting for for 57 in the hundred breasts. He's shooting for 55. Like he's put himself 10 years ahead in terms of mentality when it comes to the hundred breast. And and I think there has to be somebody that adopts that mentality towards the 200 freestyle. So instead of thinking, all right, I'm trying to get one second better, put yourself 10, 20 years from now and say, well, I want to be. 10 years ahead of everybody. So I'm aiming for 141. Now I know that sounds crazy, but isn't that, wouldn't you think that would be the way that you could kind of reach a barrier that it, it separates you from everybody else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Like I, that, that way of thinking, I think is, is quite special and unique. Um, and I think for him, it works really well. And I think for other people, I don't know if it does um you know I, I don't know if it would for for myself um more to do with the i think just the way that i break down th- down things and and how i try to want to have them in training you know constantly trying to you know just particular things i like to try and set myself in training um but you know i think the beauty of of elite competition is everyone is so different and that goes from how they act in training to to day to day um you know even the differences between morning and evening sessions but then also their their mindset when it comes to to competitions the way that they act uh, around people and, and stuff like that, the way they switch off so no i, I would say you know me and peter are, are very different athletes and I'd, I, w- I would say that for me it's it's maybe i just needed a different way of, of looking at it yeah fair enough event heat lane name of swimmer times and places 
It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Well, talk to me about this 200 IM then, mate. Um, that is, uh, you know, a, a completely different event, but you're having a tremendous amount of success and it's certainly one that you could be aiming to win in, in Paris. So um, how have you made improvements there? And then what are the things you need to do to keep progressing to get better? Yeah, so it's, it's an event that, you know, I, I used to always do. 2am, 4am was the, the two that I always used to do when I was younger. Um, and then when I started making teams, 2-3 became the focus, you know, with, with Britain having a really good 4 by 2 So, you know, it's been nice over the last couple of years being able to do the 2am um, internationally. Um, but my biggest thing has always been my breaststroke legs being shit. So, um, <laughs> you know, for for me, it was, it was, it was really about trying to, get away of me sort of more in my mind or work out how to get the best out of it um you know my, my breaststroke kick is 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 really bad um you know it's, it's around like the range and the flexibility or you know but then the actual kick itself is is poor and um, so it used we always used to try and do like quite long and because my 4am breaststroke would always be quite good when I was younger but mm. at 2am it would just pretty much be the same split which is kind of useless in a 2am so um so then we switched up to, to trying to a real speed focus in the breaststroke which I think has helped a lot um and then over the last sort of year and a half it's been a it's been a real focus around transitions between strokes you know flying back back to breast and stuff like that um, you know, I think, you know, having a couple of key, key people in training have really helped that. Um, but yeah, so I think my breaststroke was maybe, I think it was, it's gone from being pretty poor. I think it was second fastest split in, in Tokyo. Um, and I think from, for me moving that on, you know, it's about how much can I challenge that front end? Um, because, you know, I, I think there's, there was still, there were still bits. I've, I've been out quicker, not that my overall time has been quicker, but I've been out quicker than the PB that I went in, in Tokyo. So, um, you know, it's trying to, it's trying to, this is like probably what every coach says, you know, if you can put the front half with the back half, then we're <laughs> laughing. So, um, you know, I think that's the position that I'm at now. Can I get all my best splits and, and try and put them together, which is a, it's a difficult thing to do, but, um, mm. you know, that's what we're trying to do. Mate, I just had a chance to speak to Michael Andrew and he said that he was kind of a little bit humiliated about his result in Tokyo in, in the 200 IM. He's only watched it back a couple of times. It really pains him to watch it the way he swam it. And uh, he said he's made some training adjustments recently because of some of the comments Michael Phelps made about his training and, and felt like he wasn't doing adequate work to finish that race. So it sounds like he is now focused on possibly you know, um, taking a run at that event as well in Paris. So the two of you coming together. So uh, how do you feel about uh, the way Michael swims the event? I'm obviously going out in, in world record pace at that 150 is pretty insane, hey? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think he he would, have, he would have gone a Scottish record to 50, um, you know, <laughs> for the 50 fly if he was Scottish. So, yeah, no, the... 
the way that he attacks it and swims it, you know, I think, you know, I, I watched his, his swim at the US trials um, and the, the way that he swam, I think, no, I, you know, he plays to his strengths, which are, you know, he's got some insane speed um, on all four strokes and, you know, he, he's he's right under world record pace at, at 150, but, you know, it's, it's um, you know, he, he's, he'd be the first to say, you know, he was, he was disappointed with the way that he swam in Tokyo, and it's about I think how you react from that. And you know, it's it's he's obviously decided to make a couple of changes. Um, you know, I hope they I hope they work really well for him um, because you know he's in that event. You know, he's got such I think would he go one fifty five flat maybe at the mm. US trials. You know, he's yeah. he's knocking right on at one fifty four. You know, there's only been a handful of people or a couple of people that have done that. So. Um, you know, he's, the, the, his main strength is you know the, the speed that he's got on all four strokes. It's 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 pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, he's he's quick for sure. But um, so that's going to be some good racing between you guys over the next few years if you're both focused on that event. That'd be that'd be pretty cool, huh? Uh, yeah, no, I think that'd be I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, it's like um, it's like anything though. There's just there's people coming in and out all the time. You know, absolutely. I think that's, for me, that's why I'm in final in, in Tokyo was pretty special, you know, with the number of um, you know, Laszlo in it, Hagino in it, Sato and mm. it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. But, you know, over the next couple of years it's gonna be, you know, there's I thought I thought Carson Foster swam pretty well at yep. uh, World Short Course. Yeah. He's, he's a really good you know, there's plenty of other young kids coming through as well. So um yeah, I think I think it'll be yeah, it'll definitely be good fun and there'll be there'll be plenty coming through probably that'll that'll battle fast. Plenty around, yeah. Yeah, well, you you mentioned World Short Course. What happened there, mate? You uh, you uh, for, according to your coach, you kind of just ran out of gas. How'd you feel about shambles? It? <laughs> <laughs> um, first playing home, yeah. So I, yeah, I got there and you know I, I knew I was in a bit of a bit of a hole with the I had a bit of a, a chest infection thing that it started a couple of days before the ISL final. Um, probably wouldn't have done the final if it was just a competition, just a normal meet, but. Mm um so it just gave that a go and it didn't really it didn't really clear up properly but i think it was still more like the oh i mean it's only a couple of races you know i think i managed to do it all right on day one of the iso final so like if i've still got a 150 and um, 151 in me you know I, I should still be pretty solid on the other strokes um but that wasn't quite the case you know i got there and i was just i was just exhausted and you know that and you know feeling a bit feeling pretty ill and then the uh COVID getting kicked around you know it was just my first you know just just get me home and I did not mm. want to be spending Christmas there and mm. you know after what's been a pretty good year you know the last I want to be doing is, is sitting in a hotel and in, in uh UAE so um yeah no I think, I think the best decision may just just get out of there which uh which was fair enough talk to me about your um your buddies uh James Guy and Tom Dean uh, a little bit. Um, tell me, tell me, uh, you know, tell me something great about those two guys. Um, I just, they're, they're both really positive. You know, even, they're really sarc sarcastic. So like it, it's, they're saying negative things, obviously in a, in a positive way. And <laughs> I just think it's just, it's more about the, um, the way we all get along. Um, they both think they're all right at golf, which I presume I presume they're I don't think they really are to be honest they play a lot to be fair um we all need to go out together at some point um but uh no I think it's more just the um the way we all get along you know we're really good mates and that's you know me and Dino 
watch a lot of the same shows you know we message each other you know about about different shows and stuff like that which is good fun and yeah and I, I think you know with Jimmy I've been on every team since 2014 with him so uh, yeah I think we, we just all get along really well which is which is really good. How do you put that friendship aside when you compete especially when you're coming down to the last 10 meters in the in Olympic final next to one of your good mates uh, is is that going through your head at that point? Like, do you know who it is when when you look across and see him, or at that point are you just trying to get to the wall? In the, in that particular scenario, I, I didn't because it was I could only just see like a splash. I couldn't really see. I didn't know who it was. Okay. Um, but then no, I, I would say in general, it's you know the, the second we go in the call room, you know we, we want each other to do well, but you know we're we're uh, you know. We're, we're as competitive as each other you know we're yeah. we're fierce rivals but at the same time you know the better we all do you know the more exciting our four by two gets so um you know it, it is quite good and you know with that we've all got quite a good experience now to you know, sort of put that aside when we are in we are in racing and you know and i think we're all we all talk to each other pretty well you know after races to, to doesn't matter how they go, you know, we've always got support for, for one another, which I think is, is pretty crucial. When was the last time the British team won the 4 by 2 at the Olympics? God knows. I don't know. Not got a clue. Don't know about that stuff. Probably <laughs> never. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's been a while, I guess. So how, how was it then <laughs> in the build-up to that, like uh, the overcoming kind of something like that and finally getting over the hump? Was it something that you felt pressure with or did you guys just know you had the best team yeah well, i think it was one of, i think it was a bit of both to be honest you know i, I didn't as i say i've not got a clue the last time britain won that event um you know it, it's probably been a long time but at the same time when was the last time they won the 100 breast before pe and and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. um i don't think that's not what we we're thinking about it was more you know we our main thing was we thought we had the best team going in there mm-hmm. um it was around, you know, one first thing was complacency. You know, I know we, uh, I was pretty sure that we had the best team going in, but you know, every other team out there is going to be, you know, wanting to, wanting to beat us. Um, you know, if, but if we go in thinking that that we're the best team and we don't, we don't act upon it, you know, then there can be, you know, something, something pretty poor can happen. So um, yeah, I think it was just about, you know, yeah, we've got the best team, in in our minds, but. You know, it was about delivering on that and everyone doing their, their own individual role. Right, right. Got it. Well, listen, mate, uh, people love uh, talking about sets, and I know that your, your coach shared some sets with us, and that was that was kind of great. People love that kind of thing. Is there a particular set that you remember um, that you do really well or uh, that you could share with us? Um, I, I do really well. Uh, uh, they got to a point of last year, you know, some some two free sets. You know, I think that's a couple that Steve shared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. it was maybe some broken two hundreds and stuff like that, or yeah. maybe, it, maybe the fifties one. Um, you know, it it, it and it got to you know I was real confident with with hitting the two free pace and you know those twenty five points. But I think it was I think it was in Steve's one he mentioned the eight. I think it was maybe eight fifties where it was like um, the one from a dive first of all. I think it was in a set that I, I, we hadn't done up until last year. So I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit new. Like I'm starting off at, at like 95%. This is really strange. And then I'm going into to mm. the page. But it just, 
it just gave that intensity before I'd even started doing the tuner pace, which I think was more of the like what it's like on your your second, third, and fourth fifty. Um, yeah, I think some yeah. people were surprised by your fifty no breath at ninety five percent, where Steve had you at twenty one three. But I but I told a lot of people that was from feet off the off the block, right? Yeah, it's all all those so all his all his stuffs feet feet leaving. Um, mm-hmm. you know whether that's push or or whatever, he's he's feet leaving on everything. So um, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that was maybe the holding camp that one. Um. In Japan, maybe maybe a quick pull, and maybe his taper watch as well might be out there. <laughs> fast, fast watch. Uh, yeah, well, you're you're quick, but uh, what, what do you like the night before a meet? You know, like the like the Olympics, a big one where you know you got a lot of events coming. Um, you've been sitting around a little bit because you're in taper, and you just shaved down, and you know you got some quiet moments, some hours before you kind of know you got to wake up and get on that bus and get moving. What do you what do you like the day before a big meet? Um, like well for for Olympics, I was just just ready to get going. You know, it had been so long that you know I I knew everything like everything what day it was. You know when I was meant to be doing things, and I was just excited to get going. You know, I watched um I watched day one. Um, I was up day two in the morning with the two free. Um, so the day before, I spoke with Steve, just had a general chat about the week and, um, you know, one swim at a time, stuff, sort of basic things like that. Um, you know, t- talking about the year that we've had um, and just, you know, I was just really excited to get going, to be honest. You know, treat every swim as the last one because you never know with Olympics, you know, it's so difficult to get through. Everything's so tight. You know, if you could switch off for one second, you you know, before you know it, you've missed out on the final. Um, so yeah, and no, I was just I was just really excited to get going. You know, it's I had a really good flat, like the, the apartment was was pretty chill. Um and Who's yeah, room was? Bit, uh, so I had a room myself, but in the apartment I think there was uh Wilby, uh Dino, um, Ross Murdoch, uh Joel Litchfield. And then I think a couple other switch and Max came in and out as well, you know, because there wasn't that much space. So I think some people left and came back in and stuff. But yeah, and I was, it was pretty nice. You know, I played some cards and stuff like that. I'm usually usually pretty relaxed um, the day before, um, but just I was just I was just really excited to get going. Yeah, well, good stuff, mate. Well, uh, lots of good swimming coming up this year, mate. It's going to be a big year of racing. Um, when's your first major competition? Is that the trial? Are you are you oh you're already pre-selected for worlds. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think it's so. I need to properly read the policy in all honesty. I think the um, there, yeah, there's pre-selection for for some of the uh, for some of the summers, but I don't really I need to understand fully about what the pre-selection <laughs> um, involves. You know, with with what I can do, but yeah, so we've got the trials in um, April, and then obviously my first one's Worlds, and then I'll do Commonwealth Games. I I don't know if I'll do uh, Europeans with it being so late um but yeah what about isl are you going to be doing that again yeah so i think i just just uh you know i think it's all about waiting and seeing what the what the schedule might be you know mm-hmm. because we've already got uh worlds and commonwealth games but um yeah waiting to see what the schedule is and then go from there you know see what um see what i'd like to do see what i wouldn't want to do but um you know i loved i loved isl this year it was a it was quite a nice way of you know parking the year previously and then just it was a little bit funny you know, it's not something i'd ever tried you know no real 
just hanging on for dear life with a taper and just going from there. But uh, mm. I loved it. But uh, you know, it was it was good fun. But yeah, I want want to see next year. Um, you know when it is and and um, how long and stuff like that. But uh, and I I do love doing it. Nice. All right, mate. Well, listen. Before we go, give us a rundown on the best Scottish whiskey. Which one is it? Oh, uh, well, it depends if you like peated or unpeated. I, I like peated, so I'll go. I'll go for a Lagavulin. Um, personally, Lagavulin. Uh, yeah, sixteen-year-old Lagavulin. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up. That sounds. That's. I hadn't heard of it. So is that? Uh, is that Perfect. near near you? Nah, so that's in the island of Isla. So that's oh. where all the, the peated whiskies are. So that's a it's a, it's a bit of a, a journey to to get there. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get you on some. Uh, we'll get you to Scotland and get you some uh, get you some whiskies. Got to get out there. What's the best way to drink it? <laughs> well, I think Straight? I person. I think I think personally, I like it with some ice. But I don't think that's yeah. actually the traditional Scottish way of doing it. I think you oh. you put a couple of bits of water in it. But yeah, I think. Just drinking it's the best way to do it. Drinking it. <laughs> Getting it down. I like it with ice too, man. I'm on the rocks. I like the I like the ice to kind of just melt a little bit in it and sip on it that way. But yeah. It's my thing. Perfect. Yeah, best way. But, uh, <laughs> oh, listen, mate, I love it. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting me dig into you a little bit. Um been cool. I, like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think you're an exceptional athlete. Uh, I think you're so versatile on what you can do and fun to watch, mate. So hopefully there's a lot more good things coming your way all right no thank you thanks for having me and thanks for the uh thanks for the nice words um yeah, mate. but uh yeah no thank you cheers all right take care mate we'll uh, see you for a whiskey here soon take care bye absolutely see you. looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing you can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more, and be sure to tell them I sent you.